Nothing hurts my mom that she showed anyway. She'd always say, you do what you need to do to take care of yourself. But she thought that meant she had to do it on her own. We were trained to help others. But there's strength in finding help for yourself, too. We're in this together. Even the toughest of us might not know where to go to get a little support. Encourage women who have served to learn more about the VA care and benefits they've earned. The VA Women Veterans Call Center connects veterans with personalized information on VA services that can make a difference. Call 1-855-VA-WOMEN or visit www.womenshealth.va.gov. Hello, welcome again to Oscar Mike Radio. I'm going to call it XL or XXL, double XL. I have my good friend Malachi Gaskin on with my co-host from the Demoted Mission side, Danielle Rocco. Welcome to Oscar Mike Radio. I'm so excited to be here, and I am so excited to, like, have time zones. Well, you know, we got it all worked out. It's all good now. So... What is going on? This is part of an overall arc of shows to, you know, bring attention to and honor the Tennessee VFW and what they're doing and the State Commanders Project Operation TP Pyramid. And Malachias, who resides in Which Tennessee, I love. is supporting all this. Malachias, how have you been? And welcome, welcome. What? It's my first time on your show. It, it is, or our show with Danny. Yeah. Um, well, we got connected through your work with a warrior's garden. You served yes, in the army, you got out, and you started this, and then we'll get to the, the really good stuff later. Not that this isn't all good. Why don't you tell us, you know, what got you started into the warrior's garden from the army? Oh, man. Um, so I'll, I'll make it a short story. Uh, growing up for 20 years as a landscaper, my dad had a landscape company and from 10 years old till 30 years old, I was the vice president of operations for that company. And I mean, at 13, I was a supervisor. I was hiring and firing adults. Um, I'm not joking, man. Like I literally fired a guy who was the driver and made him walk. And then I had to go, I had to walk to a gas station to get on a payphone to call my dad and go, I need a driver because I fired the guy. I'm 13. Right. Um, but no, so I, I, I joined the army national guard in 1992 or three, 1993, Right after I got out of high school, I shipped to basic training in, in 94. Um, and I was a medic. I went to Fort Sam Houston for AIT, and I served in the National Guard for, for nine years. And during that nine years, I went from E1D7, um, and I went from medic to infantryman, and then back to medic. Um, I, made e, I made E6 in the infantry and then reclassed back to, back to medical to take, to take an E7 position. Um, I got out and tried my hand at being a rock star for three years and then uh, ended up homeless with a wife and three kids, like literally sleeping on people's floors. You know, like we, my dad died and the, the banks closed our business down. Um, and so we ended up with nothing. And I went from landscaping, making 20 bucks an hour with a company truck and all the cool guy stuff to no one will hire me because they're afraid of me because of who I was in the industry. And so I went back on active duty in 2006, didn't know what else to do. Um, 
And so I went back on active duty because that guaranteed three hots and a cot, a room from like, you know, place for the family and the medical insurance and all that. Ended up at Fort Stewart, Georgia. And anybody who knows military history knows if there's a war going on, the 3rd Infantry Division is going to be a part of it, especially if it's in a desert. Um, so we ended up in, you know, I got to Fort Stewart. Um, and 11 months later, I was on a plane to Iraq for the first time. And I did 15 months in Iraq as a medic. And during that time, uh, I re I auditioned to be a vocalist for an Army rock band, and I got accepted. And so when we came back from Iraq, I moved over to the Army band at Fort Stewart and deployed again. I did 13 months in Iraq as a musician for the Army. Came home and was medically retired uh, and went through a two-and-a-half-year process. Uh, I, was re I was medically retired for PTSD, traumatic brain injury, arthritis, bursitis, tendonitis, hearing loss, GERD, you know, all the itises. Um, but during the time that I was being med board that two and a half years, uh, I met this guy, Robbie Grayson, who's the founder of Trademarker Books. Um, and he really encouraged me. Originally, it was they were going to do a documentary on me about using music for therapy. And an army in its infinite wisdom said that I can't be a part of a documentary or on record because I'm going to be med boarded, right? So it's the army policy. And so he's like, you should write a book. Because at the time, I had kind of transitioned. I was started gardening in my backyard and doing all these things. And the funny thing was, you know, I was going to therapy on post with this social worker. And I went in and I was like, you know, hey, I, like, I come in every week. I literally pour my heart out to you and you do nothing but type on your clipboard or your keyboard and then say, see you next week. I'm like, I don't know what to do anymore. Like, what am I supposed to do? Help me. She looked me square in the eyes and just flippantly says, I don't know. Get a dog. Start a garden. I tossed my chair. I literally cussed her out like I haven't cussed anybody out. I walked out, went home, told my wife, my therapist said, get a dog. And my wife goes, no, you're not getting a dog, which we all know now. I have a beautiful Australian yeah. shepherd as a service dog. Yeah, you have yeah. a dog. And then, uh, so ended up with a service dog, ended up with, I've got a farm dog who's a blue healer. Um, and then I wrote a book um, about all the different things I was doing, the gardening, music, my faith which my faith was a big part of all of it. Um, and then it, it really launched a warrior's garden. And so we, we came up with the title, um, the original, which is that's the logo. Um, but the original, the original cover of the book was a samurai that was in black and white in a, in a full color garden. And it was supposed to signify that feeling of being in the middle of everything, but being completely individual and cut off from it. Right. Nobody got it. So we switched it over to your warrior's garden that you see now. Um, but now yeah, we, we ended up buying a 22 acre farm in Columbia, Tennessee. Um, we build therapy gardens all over the country for veterans, first responders and gold star families. And once you get a garden, you're a lifetime alumni member and you get attached to a master gardener program that will teach you and help you grow anything you want. Awesome. Awesome. So, and that was the short version. Oh, I know it's the short <laughs> version and, and I'm like, wow, I mean, it's a land speed record. Right, yeah. Danielle. I mean, and, and Danielle. I mean, to grow a garden and to grow things, don't you, don't you kind of have to believe in this unquantifiable thing called love? Yes, yes. Because don't you know that study that the, that was made that it was what is it? Someone spoke like nasty words, angry words to plants, and they all died. And then they spoke love, and they were healed. I mean, there's science behind this. Malachi, you agree? There's, yeah, there's well, there's studies that show that um, having your hands in the soil, there's actual microbials that are in the soil that reduce anxiety. They elevate you from depression. 
Um, they remove you from toxic triggers. They help you to detox. They pull like the bad parts out of you. Um, what I, and, and that's one of the things I try to teach is like, you know, you get somebody into a garden situation. Like I brought veterans out and had their spouse sitting under a tree in the shade while the, gar the veteran and I work in the garden. And then, and I don't say anything. Like, I'm like, hey, just pull some weeds. Like, if, if, you know, if you've got fruits and vegetables over there that are ready, go ahead and pull them, put them in your bucket. You know, we'll do the thing. And then we'll talk about what we're doing and stuff like that. But go ahead, let's go. And I, I work in my box and they work in their box and we're just, you know, close to each other. And then they just start talking because it's a weird silence, right? So they start talking, they start telling, they, start, they just really start just telling a story that just got brought up because of what we were doing. Um, and then they stop, as it happens every time, they'll stop halfway through their story and they go, I don't know, I've never told anybody this. And I look over at their spouse and they're, they're like, like they're sharing, oh my gosh, right? Um, I'm like, why are you, don't stop, keep going. And I just keep doing my thing. And, and they mm -hmm. tell their story and they get, but they get it out, right? And I go, now plant your story, plant it in the garden right now. Let it go, put it down. It's done, you're done carrying. It's time to let it go, you know? Uh, that's really powerful. That's really powerful. Yeah. And, and, but that, just that feeling, because now, you, you know, you go to combat, if, especially if you're a combat guy, right? If you're a medic, if you're an infantryman, if you're an artillery guy, if you're somebody that's going out doing missions, you're a door kicker, whatever, right? You go out there and your job is to kill the enemy. It's, it's, just, be, no, it's just what it is, you know? And then you come home. And you have to turn that switch off, right? Which fine, okay. But well, how do you live with what happened from it? You know what I mean? How do you deal with all that trauma, all that crap? And you see, you're, you're such a part of the death and the destruction cycle. Now you take a garden and you put the seeds in the ground, this tiny little seed, right? And then now you have an eight foot tall okra plant and you're feeding your family from it. And now you know where your food came from, right? Now you're not, you're, you're saving money because you're growing it yourself. Okay, so I've reduced the stressor in, in finances. I've reduced the stressor in nutrition. I've reduced the stressor in your providing for your family. So the action on your triggers to your trauma will be lessened because you're less stressed because you've started to take care of Maslow's hierarchy. Well, All because you have so, a garden. Right. Well, you're now you're providing growth love instead of in your mind death whatever all of the all of the negative it turns into the beautiful there's the visual of it you can't deny it this came from you and you have so much pain and or or blame or guilt that you've done well that can't grow that doesn't grow but yeah. they produce wow yeah very very powerful so you've taken this and you know, as we've watched you, you know, take this to other people and enhance their lives. What's, what's the best part? Like you said, you know, when someone starts planting their pain and suffering to the ground and seeing what grows out of it, what's the best part for you? For me, it's when they follow up afterwards and they start sending me pictures of the vegetables they're providing and they're set pictures of their kids eating stuff, pictures of their kids pulling weeds. You know what I mean? Um, calling up going, Hey man, uh, I would love to grow this, you know, or then they come back and go, Hey, there's, they're like, they're all in now. Right. Hey, 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 I, my neighbor's a vet. He needs one of these gardens. Oh, awesome. You know what I mean? Like to me, that part right there, because now they're sold on it. Right. They believe in it. Um, because we do, after you go through, you know, you go through these combat traumas, like you stop believing in yourself. You know what I mean? When you're a veteran and you've been through sexual military trauma, you stop believing in yourself. Right. And now you have something to believe in again, which gives you that self, like you start to believe in you again. Well, what about like the legacy? I'm thinking like we all, it's part 
embedded in us culturally, um, you know, spiritually, if you're spiritually, of leaving your legacy. So before they come to meet you and, and their projection of their life changes, what is that legacy they're thinking? Like, it's not, you don't want to, you don't want to have that legacy continue on. And then you, you somehow switch and now it's a generational legacy that you have, you have created a different path for them. Well, the thing is, like, do you want to pass on a generational legacy or do you want to pass on a generational curse? Right. So yeah. like, do I, do I want to pass my trauma on through my kids to my grandkids to their great grandkids? No, I want to pass. On. So like, I always, I don't, I don't, it's not a joke, but I say it and it sounds kind of like flipping every so often, but like my boys are 26 and 25. Right. And they are a product of my trauma. They grew up going through trauma with me because they mm -hmm. saw what dad was going through. My daughter was young enough that when I started to heal from it, my daughter is a product of my healing. So mm -hmm. my, my boys and my girl look at me in a completely different light, not on how dad treated them, but just on who dad is as an individual, right? Um, but it really, again, look, my dad was my dad was a racist. He was a bigot. He was a, he was a misogynist. He was a sexist. Um, like he was... He, he thought that he murdered his first family, like, and that's a whole nother story, but I don't want to pass that down to my kids, yeah. right? Like, I, I want my kids to be, I want all of my children and my grandchildren and all that, I want them to be focused on the healing side of things, not the trauma side of things, because the trauma side of things is where those generational curses come from. That's what David passed down to Solomon, you know what I mean? It's what mm -hmm. Adam passed down to Cain and Abel when he was kicked out of the garden, you know? Cain yeah. made the bad decisions because he had the trauma from dad because of the loss of the garden. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, like, it, it's, and it's been from that day. And that's here nor there about, you know, if you, whether you believe in the Bible or not, but it's like generational curses are real and we know it. Like, it happens we, because yeah. it's, a, it's a condition that we pass on to our families because it's, it's what we're trained in. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, you teach your kids, you teach your kids what you know, right? And I, I made a choice at 13 where, you know, I might be getting off topic, I'm sorry, um, where my dad, like, I came home for the last time of hearing my dad go, and that mother N-word. And I looked at myself in the mirror at 13 and said, I am not going to be that guy. Yeah. I will not be a racist. I'm not going to be like him. You know? So I, it was my goal, and it's still every day is my goal to get to be a better version of, than I was the day before and to be more progressed and growth in my trauma recovery as opposed to my trauma. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, right. well, a lot of people argue about the whole PTSD and PTS. You know what I mean? I don't care what you call it. Trauma is trauma. Well, it's what you do with it. Speaking, of, speaking of growth and, and, and being better every day, you know, when I first met you, it was strictly the warrior's garden or a warrior's garden. And I knew that you had dabbled in, Dad won't be too light of a word, but you had done, you know, vocal performing and stuff for the army, right? Right. Well, you know, we're sitting there. I get the call from, you know, Michelle Baxter saying that you're performing at Brian Walker, who's the Tennessee state commander for the VFW, at his fundraising event in Collierville, Tennessee, for Operation TP Pyramid. And yeah. you're not just singing one song or whatever. You've got like original songs you're doing. And that just opened up a whole another set of, of, of questions about what have you been up to? Because I think of you as the gardener, not so much as the singer. And then I hear some of this stuff and I'm like, oh my God, it's not country. It's great. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Very. Danielle, you said it's not country. She's like. <laughs> oh no, you 
I have an appreciation for all genres. Right. I just happen to be a country lover to my right. core. I'm not known for my for my music um, taste. That's not what I'm known for <laughs> at all. How did that all come together? Is this something you've been kind um, of putting on the wayside and bringing back, or oh, man. Is, is it just coming out now? No, so like I, I mean, I started making music at eighteen. Like I got yeah. out of high school, and and it was another one of those things where it's like you know before that, like I wanted to get a guitar, I wanted to learn to play bass, I wanted to do a bunch of stuff. And when I told my dad I wanted to do all this, he looked at me. He literally, like I said, he's a bigot and a misogynist and all these things. My dad looks at me and goes, "No son of mine's going to be an F word because all musicians are Fs." And I was like, you know, oh day, whoa, okay, this is the '80s. We only call our friends that. We don't call people that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, we call each other that as, like, you know, because we're dudes and we joke with each other. But you can't actually say that. You know what I mean? That's just, it's the 80s, man. No one, like, we didn't do that. So um, I, I kind of had to hide it because, and what was the easy way to hide it is I'm a vocalist, right? So I sing. So I would go to friends' house and we would spin records or put cassettes in and whatever. And I would sing along. Um, and at 18, I was in a punk rock band called Captain Ahab's Fond du Lac. And then, um, <laughs> I know, dude. Um, and then, uh, it was just, it was a silly punk band. It was fun. Um, and then I was, you know, I was in choir off and on through high school. I was the only dude like in my choir. A lot of times I go to small schools. Um, and then, uh, you know, I joined the army and, and, and I was in army. Well, right before I would join the army band, you know, during my three year break in service, like I started, I was, I joined a rock band called severance. Um, and we did really, really well. Like we, we went from being that, you know, you're that brand new breakout artist that, you're playing, two, you know, 20 minutes on a Wednesday night at a local club um, and you're hauling in and hauling out and you got to be, you got to be set up and set and broke down in 10 minutes each because they want you in and out of there. They don't, it's an open mic night type yeah. thing, but we're bringing right. everything. Um, and after, you know, a couple months of that, you know, then now we're, we're opening for other local artists. And then within six months, like people are going, Hey, can we open for you? That's we're selling cool. out, we're selling out local clubs, right? We're getting off, you know, I went, and then I went up to, uh, Chicago and audition for NXS Rockstar and Mark Burnell's people asked me to stay behind afterwards and they were like hey we're really interested in your band we don't want you for the show we want to hear more of your original stuff um and then my guitar player decided that I sounded too much like Scott Stapp from Creed and wanted me out of the band and decided he was going to kick me out and so and we were going to get signed like Capitol Records was going to they wanted to sign us as a band and so it fell apart everything kind of crashed and burned. I was, I was, and at the time again, I was homeless. And so I auditioned for the band Fuel to be their new oh, front yeah. man. New yeah. Singer. Oh yeah. Uh, their singer left in 2005, I think it was. Their singer left and um, went to go play bass for somebody. He was tired of singing, I guess. I don't know what happened, but I downloaded the track Hemorrhage and I re-recorded it with my vocals on it, sent it in and I, I re-enlisted and then I got a phone call right before I shipped. And said, hey, we want you to come out to L.A. And we want you to, you know, rehearse with the band and do a couple things. And I was like, so here's the deal. I just re-enlisted. I'm getting ready to leave for the Army. I need to know how real this is because we're homeless right now. We're sleeping on my mom's floor. And he was like, I can't. I'm like, look, I know I'm putting you in a weird spot, dude, but I just got to know. And, and he was like, the best I can tell you is that you're in our top three. And I was like, it's not real enough, man. Thanks. And I left for the Army. Um. And then, you know, in the Army Band and got to play with some amazing players, um, guys that have, you know, masters and PhDs in performance and things like that from great schools, um, really talented guys and gals. And then 
I got out and came to Tennessee with part of the goal was to, you know, make music. And that was in 2014 when I got out. Um, but it was just kind of like every time I tried to launch this very, actually this very specific project, every time I tried to do it, it would fail spectacularly. I would do a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe or some type of fundraiser to help break. Cause it's not cheap to make music. It's really not. You got to yeah. pay people and I can't play an instrument. So it's like, I'm limited to writing my lyrics and singing. So I got to hire people to play. I got to hire people to record. I got to hire all of that. Especially if I want to maintain the integrity of the music the way I want it. Right. Um, and this last time, I don't know what it was. Like, I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a very faith driven man. Like my, my faith in God really drives a lot of what I do. And I believe that this is just the time that he was ready for it to happen for me. Because I know mm. had I signed with Capitol Records back in 04, I would have been divorced and it, my whole life would have been in shambles. I probably would have overdosed or drank myself to death. If I had gotten signed by Fuel when I went when all that happened, I probably would have been divorced and drunk and all those things. I think I'm at a maturity level now with the story and the ministry that I have through all the things that I do, that this is when it's supposed to happen. Um, and this, the whole purpose of this album is really about telling the story of the, of the warfighter from the desire to join as a child, which I mean, I found photographs and not photographs, but um, crayon drawings as a kid that I did from fourth and, you know, four years old, five years old, six years old, that literally I was drawing myself as a soldier in every one of them. I wanted to be in the army. You know what I mean? And a lot of us had that. We wanted to be Marines. We wanted to be, you know, we all wanted to join, right? I mean, nobody wants to be Navy, but whatever. Um, <laughs> um, I thought it was yeah. Air Force. I mean, that's like they're half army. Like they broke it's off. Like... <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. So... Um, so yeah. So the whole purpose of the album, I mean, I've really always done music, but now it's like I'm using it therapeutically and I'm using it as a way to tell our stories so that others have a place to put their stories well because it's not just my story like these songs i'm writing from my perspective it's all of our stories it really is like so when you're coming to collierville on april 9th you know what are you hoping happens when someone's out in the audience and and they're hearing this stuff because it's going to be a big event there's a lot going on there but you know each musician has their own thing they're doing and your thing is to tell your story but what are you hoping people get out of it have you ever sat in a show, at a concert, in your car, listening to a song, and when the song plays, you're just like, holy crap, that song's about me. Yeah. Um, I, I want... Let's see here. There's Rush's Subdivisions that comes to mind. There's Pantera's Walk that comes to mind. A couple of those. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I want people to hear this, these songs and just go, dude, he wrote that for me. Nice. I want people to have that feeling, that connection to it. Awesome. Awesome. So well, the whole, oh yeah, sorry. Oh, so we are with, I'm with Danielle Rocco of Devoted to a Soldier. I'm Travis Oscar Mike Radio, and we are with, I'm going to say it right this time, Malachias Gaskin from A Warrior's Garden and now recording artist. And he's going to be at the Brian Walker's uh, State Commander VFW fundraiser in Collierville on April 9th. We will be there, right, Danielle? We will be there. I will be there on time. I'm not missing any planes. I feel like this is starting to become a really bad habit of mine where I was always early and now I'm like, um, what? Why Why are you already at the airport? It's like three hours from now. He's like, no, it's like 45 minutes. This is Malachias. It's, I'm, I'm growing an issue. Not, I'm not as healing as you. I think I need to really make sure I'm there in April. I need some of your gardening. You got it. 
That'd be great. Now, well, and we're looking at possibly bringing the Warfighter wagon with us too. You know, you guys have seen the photos of it. So, um, we're, yeah. hoping, we're hoping to have it there in person. So, one thing that I was curious about, and Danielle will appreciate this, is you get people growing gardens. And then what do they do with the stuff they grow? So, here's a beautiful story, okay? Um, because part of gardening is about connecting, right? Connecting to the soil, connecting to yourself, um, connecting to the, to the you who you lost, right? One of my, one of my families, so we, we build for veterans, first responders, and Gold Star families. And one of my Gold Star wives, we built her a 17-foot-long by 11-foot-long L-shape that's three foot deep, okay? And we, we built her two of them around the backyard because her yard is real narrow. She grows more than her and her two kids can eat on a, every summer now. And she's had it for three, four years now. She will harvest stuff, put it in a little wheelbarrow, and walk around the neighborhood giving it away. Your it love her, is going everywhere. It, well, it, it created connection in her neighborhood. Yeah. In, com- in communities where people don't even talk to each other anymore. You know what I mean? And now she has a whole neighborhood, like they all know each other. All right, That's cause, so cool. Because I don't, I don't, I'll tell you something, Malachias. I, I really don't eat vegetables hardly ever. It's a real sore spot with Danielle, with me. If she could change me, she'd try to. Well, she's tried to. We'll get to, that's another story entirely with the sea moss gel. But I could like have my own garden, give the stuff away. That, that would that would kind of work for me. So I'm I'm a mostly like I, I'm a ketivore. Yeah. So I eat yeah. like eighty percent meat. Yeah. Ten percent, or it's mostly meats and fats, and Absolutely. natural. Like I eat a little bit of broccoli and a little bit of like some squash. <laughs> what's wrong with you too i'm a man i eat man things uh i guess yeah i guess i i, I lost that <laughs> look at this face daniel look at this useful face i didn't get there by accident i know i know i so but we won't talk about it because it hurts my heart <laughs> you're doing this thing on april 9th you're gonna be there performing with chris turner savannah ray bonnie Askew. And I think there's another artist there. Uncle Si is going to be there. Brittany, Brittany Nixon. Brittany Nixon, yeah, yeah. Yep. And then uh, Grace Askew was on The Voice season four. Oh, Grace Askew. And she's and she's been like she's a touring artist. Like she, I mean, she made a living for 15 years making music on the road. Like she's right, right, yeah. right. So you're you're with some really like esteemed company, and we we've talked to Chris Turner before. We're going to meet these people, and this is for. I didn't realize until Brian Walker started talking to us about how important toilet paper was for homeless people. And, you know, this has to hit close to you because of where you were in life. Well, that, and I'm a, so I'm also a veteran service officer. That's, I have a day job, right? Okay. Um, and so my job is to help veterans and their families with their benefits. And we have a food pantry. So, I mean, this, some of this toilet paper is going to benefit my office, my day job. We're going to get a donation of some of that because once it's done on the ninth, it stops going back to the communities where it was raised, and it's going to be dispersed to local nonprofits to supplement their budget. Because families, here's the deal, right? Families get on food stamps. What can they buy with that? Food. Can they buy toilet paper? Can they buy paper towels? No. Wow. They can buy food products, right? Um, this is how I remember because I've been on food stamps. I was there, right? Um, and so Brian asked, you know, he asked a lot of nonprofits, like, what is the thing that if you had a bulk delivery of it would like really supplement you to where you could do things better. And most of them said paper products, toilet paper, paper towels, stuff like that, because we can't buy that with our budgets because our budgets is buying meats, cheeses, vegetables, frozen stuff, box stuff, canned stuff, shelf stable stuff, but we can't get that. Right. And so 
that's a huge especially like when the pandemic happened like holy crap that stuff was scarce you know what i mean like we were rationing even in our office we were only given one role per family when they would come in you know what i mean so um but yeah it's going to be a huge it's going to be a huge blessing to the to the nonprofits that are going to be using like these felt these shelters like we've got a woman's shelter we've got a homeless shelter uh we've got a rehab shelter we've got our office and several other places they're all going to benefit um i know that our our vfw where i'm the adjutant um we've raised 3,800 and some roles so far wow that's great well, we are going to see Malachias on April 9th. You can uh, have the links to, uh, you know, his A Warrior's Garden book and his other links with his music. We have the links to the ticket uh, site so you can come to Collierville if you're in the area and check this out. It's going to be massive. It's not that expensive. You're going to see live music, cool raffles. You're going to see, you know, veterans and people out you're not going to want to miss this and supporting the local communities in the state of tennessee it really kind of speaks to this whole thing because in my view danielle they're not just serving veterans they're serving the community as they do when when we serve right mm -hmm. awesome it, it benefits everybody it's not, this is not a one-man show absolutely absolutely well malachi i cannot wait it's coming up very soon i'm very excited and uh, we'll have to talk meeting when we're out there and some good other music. And um, Danielle, any parting words? Um, no, I cannot wait. You know, Malachias, that Travis is going to be out there shaking his little tail when you start playing because it's right up his jam. And so I think that in itself is, is worth the trip out there. Everybody should come just to see that. I mean, like if you're selfish and you don't want to help the world and you want to live in your own little box, awesome. But come and come and hang out with Travis. It's going to be epic. It's going to be epic. And, you know, we're going to do our, our customary, uh, our traditional dance to end the night, Danielle. So it's going to be yeah. awesome. Malcos, I want to thank you for coming on. I know you're a busy guy. Thanks for having just, me, brother. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk again soon. Like I said, we can't wait to see you all in Tennessee hey, in a couple weeks. Danielle, did you hear the, the sneak leak of the uh, new single? Um, no, because I'm under a rock and a shell this last, like, six months of my life. What well, the heck? Scroll back up in the group chat. <laughs> and oh, I yeah. posted a leak. <laughs> I posted a link, so it's only going to be up for a couple more days, and I'm going to take it down. Oh. So it's a oh, sneak peek. Oh, that's happening then right after. That's happening oh, yeah. right after this. That's going to be one of the new songs that I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be playing out there at Collarville. So, oh, well, I love it. I love this, and I don't believe in love, but hey, this is all good. I'm Travis again with Oscar Mike Radio. I'm going to send you out here. We are Mission in Flight. I want to thank you for joining me and watching Oscar Mike Radio. Now go to OscarMikeRadio.com and click shop to check out all the cool merchandise from Authentically American. All proceeds go to veteran service organizations. We are Mission in Flight.